This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Gunsmoke is a Western drama series created by director Norman MacDonald and writer John Meston. The stories take place in and around Dodge City, Kansas, during the settlement of the American West. The central character, a lawman, Marshal Matt Dillon, played by William Conrad. As we wind up the week, we travel back in time to 1952 for our first Christmas-themed show, From Gunsmoke, A Christmas Story. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with the U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Starring William Conrad, the story of the violence that moved west with young America, the story of a man who moved with it, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Everything was all right until about a mile north of the Cimarron. That's when my horse got a hoof caught in a frozen dog hole and broke his leg. So I had to shoot him. It made me feel awful bad. I didn't feel any better thinking about the walk ahead of me. Close to 40 miles to dodge and carry in my saddle all the way. Guess I'd been on the trail about an hour, near as I could figure it was around three in the afternoon. And I'd ease the saddle off my shoulders for a rest and a smoke. And that's when I saw the stranger riding up from the way I'd come. He was tall and thin. And his horse was taller and even thinner. And they made quite a pair. Hi. How are you? You lost? No. My horse busted his leg away back. I'm on my way to Dodge. Oh, it's your horse, huh? I saw it. Yeah. On your way to Dodge, huh? Yeah, that's right. Uh, you got any more of that tobacco? Yeah, sure. Uh, here you are. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. That's okay. A big walk you've got ahead, ain't it? <laughs> Kinda. It's gonna be dark soon. You figure making camp? Ah, that's the idea. 
Well, it's too bad. Yeah. Do you need any food? No, 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 thanks. I, I got none. Uh, well, I thank you for the tobacco. Sure. Anytime. Hey. Yeah? That's saying this beast won't drop dead from the shock, but you want to climb on behind? Save you a piece of boot leather for a while, anyway. Why, well, I'd be much obliged if you think that animal of yours can carry us. Well, she won't mind. Should have been dead a long time ago, except she don't know it. If you don't mind. Well, okay, thanks. Uh, here, will you hold my saddle till I get up, huh? Yeah, give it to you. Yeah. Uh, can you manage the saddle? Yeah, give it. Yeah, I got it. Now, let's go. You heading for Dodge, too? Not in particular. Just north. Uh-huh. This beast will do about ten knots with the wind behind her, but we ain't going to get more than five with this load. You ain't in no hurry, I am. Well, I, I was kind of hoping to get back tonight. It's uh, Christmas Eve, you know. Oh, yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. That backbone of her sticking it to you? Oh, no, it's okay. Thanks. Notice that tin doojigger tied to you. You the law? Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a U.S. Marshal. Uh, my name's Matt Dillon. That's so. Uh, never seen a Marshal on foot. <laughs> well, it happens sometimes. How is it you're down this way? You need to mite off your course? Hmm? So you marshal down here as well as Dodge? No, no, I, I just took a prisoner across the Cimarron into Oklahoma Territory. Turned him over to the Army there. Did, And then he shot up tight. We must have ridden a couple of miles without a word. I got to thinking about Dodge and Chester and Doc and Kitty and the rest of them. You know, there's something pretty special about any place at Christmas time. <laughs> the backbone of a stranger's nag was just about to split me in two when he talked up. My name is Cowley. Thomas oh? Cowley. Yeah, uh, better heave to a spell. She's breathing mighty hard. All right, hold up. Yes. Yeah, it's getting a little chilly, isn't it? Yeah. Um, could I trouble you for another smoke? Oh, sure, sure. Here you are. I thank you. Say, hmm? what's it like in Dodge? What? Dodge. Well, what's it like? <laughs> oh, it's like any other town, I guess. Pretty big, huh? Well, yeah, I guess so. Not so big as New York. Oh, oh no, 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 not as big as that. You know, I haven't been in a big town now for more than ten years. Oh, is that so? No. Been down the territories, drifting. Thought I'd move up north this time, maybe go back east. So you're from the east, huh? Some time back. Say, what's it like? What? 
Dodge, any town, uh, at Christmas. Same as it used to be. Well, I guess so. What do you do? Well, same as most people, I guess. What most people do at Christmas. Well, that ain't saying a lot. What are the folks like? And what does it look like? I, I just, I just kind of like to know. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, well, there's Front Street. Uh, that's most of Dodge right now. Of course, it's getting bigger. All do you time. have any kids? No, no, I, I'm not married. Yeah. Kids have fun Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, they do. That, that's certain. And Dodge, they sometimes have a party for the kids. A couple of days before Christmas. Uh, kids like that. And then everybody gets feeling good, looking forward to Christmas Eve. Like last year. There was snow on the ground. But the sky was clear. You, you could even see the stars. I was going down the street to the Texas Trail to meet Doc and Chester. Uh, Chester, he's my deputy. Doc's a doctor in town. We had some work to do later on in the evening. You could uh, see the light shining behind the curtained windows. and Almost everybody had a sprig of holly berries hanging up. They got some from the east a couple of days earlier. I remember running into John Bumby. He's a kind of general handyman in Dodge. Never says much, but... <laughs> he sure had a lot to say that night. Oh, hello, Marshal. Oh, hi, John. <clears throat> a lovely night for a Christmas Eve, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is, John. Yeah. Pretty fine night. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. <laughs> Mr. Dillon? Yeah, that's the way it should be, John. Um, you know, Marshal, this is going to be quite a night for me. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, is that oh, so? Oh, yes, sir. Tonight, I'm asking Mrs. McNish to become Mrs. Bumby. What? Mm-hmm. What, well, John, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, I know it's been a mighty fast secret, but I, I'm popping the question tonight. Well, I wish you a lot of luck, John. Hey, I'll I tell you what. Come by to the Texas Trail later, and, and we'll have a drink on it. Oh, I will. I really will, Marshal. <laughs> You're good and kind, Marshal. Good and kind. Merry Christmas, Marshal. Merry Christmas. Oh, the same to you, John. That may sound kind of funny to you, but John Bumby's a good man. A little peculiar sometimes, but good as they come. And they don't make enough like him. Of course, most everybody in Dodge suspected Doc and Ms. McNish were sweet on each other. But it just goes to show you. Uh, I'll tell you about John and Ms. McNish a little later. So I went on down the street. You know, it's a funny thing about those words... Merry Christmas. Men say it to each other, and, well, it makes them feel kind of good. Yeah, I know what you mean. Used to be a seafaring man myself. When you're on the sea and it comes Christmas, things like that can, they can count a lot. Yeah. And we might as well get underway again, huh? Sure. Hey, you want to take the saddle? Give it here. Okay. Uh. Uh, give it to me. Okay. I guess... I guess you'll miss it in Dodge tonight. I mean, won't you? Well, if you could 
get a little more out of this nag of yours, we might make it. Oh, no, there's not a chance. She'll be on her beam ends pretty quick. She's been on a long reach since sunup. Ah. Oh. Mighty bare country up this way. All right. Depends on what you're used to. Uh, mighty bare where I've been, too. It's not like the sea. That's always different. How come you left it? I always heard a sailor doesn't ever get it out of his blood. Or the sea? <laughs> guess you can get it out of your blood, all right. You got the right reason you can. Yeah, I guess so. Hey. You trying to get something out of me? But... Well, no. Get what? I, I would just remind you. want to ride with me? I don't want any talk about the sea. Well, you brought it up. <clears throat> I get it. Turn for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first, tomorrow night, Jack Benny and his whole fun-making gang make a personal appearance at a Long Beach, California veterans' hospital. It's going to be a Christmas they'll never forget, as Benny and the bunch cut loose while they assist the folks at the hospital in trimming their Christmas tree. Be sure to join the fun tomorrow night on CBS Radio, when it's Jack Benny time all across America. Now for the second act of Gunsmoke. Amos Cowley sulked his way along the trail for the next while. And then it was almost like he couldn't stand the quiet. Or maybe he had things on his mind. He turned his head. Go on. What? Go on. Tell me some more. Oh, about Dodge? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Well, you try some more. Huh? Well, uh, they got a little pine tree in the Texas a trail. Tree? Yeah, come down a long way from the north. Uh, uh, Kitty Russell, she, she's a hostess in the Texas trail. Well, she she got a lot of ribbon and gee-gaws and made it look real nice. That, that was last Christmas. A star at the top? A star? Yeah. yeah, I think so. It looked like a star, I guess. It sure looked pretty. And there was a, well, a, a, a difference in the place that day. Everybody was celebrating and feeling real good. The doors would swing open and somebody had come in and, you know, maybe somebody you just knew to nod at, but because it was Christmas Eve, he'd come right up and say, hello. Oh, maybe that's a good reason. Maybe not. I don't know. All right, I'll tell you. Anyhow, it was still kind of early. Just wait, you take Kitty and Chester were standing off looking at the tree. Hi, Matt. What do you Good evening, Mr. Dillon. Hi, Kitty. Hi. Chester. How do you like it, Matt? Christmas tree. That's oh, yours. that's real pretty. Only tree but one in the whole town. Yeah, Kate's got one over the Alphaganza. Oh, well, I'll have to see it later. Where, where, where's Sam? I don't know. Maybe he started celebrating too soon. Oh. Doc's taking over the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. You, you want a drink, Kitty? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right, I'll get you a drink. I'll get you. Uh, you haven't forgotten anything, have you, Mr. Dillon? Forgotten? Uh, what, Chester? 
There? What did I tell you, Miss Kitty? I knew just as sure as my nose that you oh, forgot. Oh, that. No, no. I, I hadn't forgotten. Oh, well... I thought as soon as they get Sam sober enough to take care of the customers, we could go on over to Doc's like we planned. Sure, we'll do that, Chester. Here you are, Matt. Ah, thanks, Doc. Ah, oh. Ah, well, it's still snowing out? No, no, it's not. Uh, where are you going, Kitty? All right, just want to look outside. Ah, real pretty. Man thinks of a lot of funny things that don't mean much. Kitty standing at the door, sniffing the cold air, and the warmth inside, and the whiskey in me. It it was a good feeling. And then Chester and I decided to take a bottle over to Mr. Hightower. He's the telegraph operator over at the depot. He runs a printing shop on the side. Say, Mr. Dillon? Yeah, Chester. Do you mind if I stop by the church for a minute? Well, no, I don't mind. I just feel kind of right tonight, Mr. Dillon. Figure out how to thank somebody for it. Sure. <laughs> So we stop by the church. I've never been much of a man for church, I guess, but I went along with Chester. There wasn't anybody else there, just the two of us. Yes, we sat for ten minutes in that place. Chester, a little way off with his head bowed. You know, there's a lot of peace in a church, maybe. Maybe it's the quiet. Maybe. Maybe it's the good that people find in there. Whatever it was, it made a man feel glad about pretty much everything. I haven't been in a church since I don't know when. Oh, is that so? Uh, Eve Kruger. Well, she's becalmed again, mister. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> she sure wasn't built for it, I'll tell you. You ever see anything like that? <laughs> yeah, she is kind of old, and well, I've had her going on eight years. She hasn't changed a mite. Eats like a pig and looks like a four-legged mizzenmast. <laughs> Smoke? Don't mind. Hey, what about that, uh, that fellow Hightower? Did you get that bottle to him? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, I, I guess it was lonely over in the depot all alone. He, he was glad for the company. There was a wood fire burning in the stove, but it didn't keep out the cold. Well, how are you, gents? Merry Christmas. Well, how's it going, Mr. Hightower? Oh, slow, Marshal, slow. Bit of excitement about an hour back, though. That's so? Yeah, 9.15 got stuck between here and Hutchinson. Lots of snow back there. They getting her out? 
I'm sure they're trying, but <laughs> I'm sure glad I'm not on it. It's going to be a cold night on that train. Well, it's kind of chilly in here, isn't it, Mr. Hightower? Any warmer, and I'm going to sleep. It will say we brought you over a bottle of Irish for company. <laughs> Jameson's. Well, I declare I was just thinking about a top before you boys come in. Now, that's real friendly. Will you have a drink with me? We sure will. Let's open her up, huh? A couple of glasses up on the shelf there, Chester. Get them down, will you? I don't know if you get an idea about the folks in Dodge or not. They're not any different than any other people. Or the town either. I guess maybe it's a pretty small place at that. The depot, the hall, a few stores, a church, Doc's office, a Texas trail, Alifraganza. My office? Uh, well, not much, but uh, it, it, it's where you live, you know? Sounds all right. I lived in a town once back east. Small. I know what you mean. Well, maybe you'll be going back. Maybe. Say, the kids, they still believe in St. Nick? Oh, sure. Mighty few kids down where I've been. Injun kids, they don't believe in St. Nick. No reason they should, I guess. I used to believe in it, you know that? Well, I guess most people did one time or another. Hey, you figure we come maybe ten miles? Maybe. Yeah, it's getting dark. Yeah. Well, come on. You want to... You want to ride the saddle for a bit? Oh, no, no. I, that's okay. Well, then Okay. <laughs> We rode on, and I thought about last year, about Kitty, Doc, and Chester and me going over to Doc's place after Doc got tired at Tended Bar at the Texas Trail. It was about a quarter to midnight, and we stood around and sang Christmas carols. And I, I remember how it sounded that night, how it looked. The glow in the stove in the middle of the room and, uh, and the frosty windows. <laughs> yeah, it was Christmas Eve, all right. Hey, now, what do you say if we have... Listen. Huh? Huh? Oh. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know, I feel sentimental. That's exactly what I feel. I feel sentimental. I know what you mean, Doc. I surely know. Okay, Doc. Bring him out. <laughs> I remember how Doc scuttled over to the bureau and brought out some packages. The presents weren't much, but it didn't matter what they were. And when we'd finished opening them, it was Chester who said what we were all thinking. 
I just... I, I, I just want to say that Miss Kitty, Doc, you, Mr. Dillon, I, I just want to say that this is the best doggone Christmas I ever had. And, and that's what I want to say. Say, you was going to tell me about that, uh, that fellow John was caught in that woman. What was her name? Oh, yeah. Miss McNish. That's right. Well, she said yes. And you've never seen two happier people in your whole life. Yeah, she's Miss McNish Bumpy now. Well, that's good. <laughs> uh, you know, you might settle for a bit in Dodge or you could get work there. Sure would be fine if you could get back tonight, wouldn't it? Well, it, it can't be helped. I'd be a lot further away and a sight more tired if you hadn't come along. <laughs> now, listen... How far do you figure before there's a place you might pick up a horse? Oh, I don't know, 15 miles or so, maybe. Oh, I'm not going to make any 15 miles in this nag tonight, that's for sure. Oh, that's all right. Now, I tell you what. You go on alone, you see. Oh, no, forget it. Now, you it. go I... on alone. She'd hold out with one man on her. And then you get a fresh horse and you ride into Dodge tonight. Well, thanks. That's now, very I'm kind. telling you, I want you to go. I'll be fine. I've walked before. Probably make it almost as quick as you... Look, it's, it's real nice of you, Mr. Cowley, but no thanks. Now, now, Christmas don't mean nothing to me. You got friends waiting for well, you. Well, I'll see them tomorrow. Ah, uh, you're a fool. Well, that may be. All of them nice folks, you're going to make them feel pretty bad. Uh, look, I'll stay. If you want to go on along, uh, uh, thanks for the ride. Well... Might as well make camp, then. <laughs> I guess so. And listen, you want to tell me some more about uh, what you was telling me before we turn in? Well, sure. I uh, take it kindly, mister. I'll get yourself settled. I got some stuff in my pack we can eat and maybe get a fire going. Then after we eat, you can tell me some more. We made a fire and then shared what we had for supper. He seemed to soften up after that, and we talked for a couple or three hours. It was like he was starved for news of people, everyday things, and just plain company. And that's how we spent Christmas Eve together out on the plain. And then when the fire was dying down and I was about ready for sleep, he said, Marshal, yeah, I want to tell you something. I've been needing to tell it for a long time. Do you mind? Well, of course I don't mind. Well, then I'll tell you. A few years ago, I was skipper of a little schooner. I used to sail up and down the East Coast, you know, Boston, New York. Yeah. Well, one night, we hit dirty weather off New Jersey. Real dirty. Blew us off course, and we piled up on the rocks and knocked the bottom out. That's too bad. There was 18 passengers aboard, Marshal. Four of them was kids. We never saw him again. Oh. And my own... My own wife and my kid went down, too. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, no. Something must have happened to me after that. I didn't want nothing to do with... With ships or the sea. And I started to drift out this way. 
I couldn't forget, though, do you know? And I didn't want to be near folks, especially kids. To remind me, do you know? Yeah. Well, that's how come I've been slewing around ever since. Sure, I understand. Just kind of wanted to get it off my chest. Sure. Marshal, I'd like to ride into Dodge with you tomorrow. You think I might meet some of them folks you were telling about? Why? I don't see why not. That it'd be all right. Maybe I wouldn't need to drift no more. Maybe I could uh, <laughs> drop anchor, do you know? Yeah, you might at that. Yes. Well, good night. Good night. Merry Christmas, Marshal. Merry Christmas, Mr. Cowley. Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by Anthony Ellis, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were Lawrence Dobkin, with Harry Bartell and John Daner, Parley Bear as Chester, Howard McNear as Doc, and Georgia Ellis as Kitty. Gunsmoke is heard by our troops overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. Tomorrow night, Edgar Bergen's real-life daughter Candy pays him and you a visit on The Edgar Bergen Show with Charlie McCarthy. Candy and Charlie hit it off fine, but Edgar has cause to regret his hasty decision to invite his six-year-old daughter into the show, especially when she starts throwing her voice. Sounds like fun tomorrow night on most of these same stations when CBS Radio presents The Edgar Bergen Show with Charlie McCarthy. This is Roy Rowan speaking. And remember, Eve Arden is our Miss Brooks teaches you how to laugh every Sunday on the CBS Radio Network. Stay tuned for The Life of Riley next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for William Bendix to become Chester A. Riley, a riveter in an aircraft plant, and tonight looks like he's ready to join a Christmas club. Human beings are improvident creatures, heedless of the future. And thus, banks in this country have had to devise painless inducements for thrift. One of these is the Christmas Club, whereby you deposit a small sum every week for 52 weeks, and then just before Christmas, you go to the teller's window, present your Christmas Club book, and withdraw your savings in a lump sum, which enables you to buy Christmas presents for your friends, who, on receiving them, will exclaim, Ah, what a cheapskate. 
Standing in line now at the teller's window is Chester A. Riley, who joined the Christmas Club 52 weeks ago. Mrs. Medbury? Yes, that's right. Here you are, $104. I'll take it in 20. 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, and 1, 2, 3, 4. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Same to you. Mr. Roberts? J.J. Roberts. $150, right? Right. I'll take it in 20. 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, 20, 40, and 10 is 50. Merry Christmas. Thanks. Same to you. Who's next? Uh, me. Riley's the name. May I see your passbook? Passbook? I think I got it. Oh, yeah, here. Hmm. You get $2. I'll take it in 20s. Two dollars You only made one deposit all year Is that all? Well, I thought I made uh, I guess it slipped my mind Only two dollars huh? I'm afraid that's all But what about interest? Ha! 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 That's what I thought <laughs> Well, I'll take the two dollars Just a minute There's a 75 cent charge for the passbook Oh Well, okay, I'll just 75 cent penalty for failure to make a minimum of ten weekly payments Oh. Well, okay. I'll, and I'll a just... 75 cent service charge for mailing notices. Okay, okay. Just give me. You owe us 25 cents. <laughs> I owe you. T- no wonder on the window it says $10 billion reserve. <laughs> now I know where you get it from. Mr. Riley, you. All right, oh. all right. Here's your quarter. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Ah, the same to you. <laughs> Now, let's get this shopping list finished. Uh, later, Peggy. But there's only a few days left till Christmas. Oh, I hate last-minute shopping. Yeah, everything is gone, and all you can buy is junk. Now, come on, Riley. You write the list. Uh, okay, but let's try not to go overboard on presents this year. I, I ain't a millionaire, you know. But we got the Christmas club money. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, thank goodness. You know, dear, that was a wonderful idea of yours. Yeah, it was a wonderful idea. Don't forget Babs and me chipped in every week. And a good thing, too. It'll teach you a lesson in thrift. Yeah, it'll teach him a lesson, all right. <laughs> How much have we got in the club? Huh? Oh, about... We uh, should have $104. Yeah, we should have. <laughs> More or less. Well, what about the interest? Ha, ha, ha. Don't count on interest. Well, did you withdraw the money from the bank? Well, no, not, not yet. Well, uh, don't forget. Do it tomorrow. This will be the first Christmas we won't have to watch every penny. I think I'll go for a walk. <laughs> now, wait a minute, dear. we got to do this list. Oh, yeah. But... Well, let's see now. First, the Morrises. What do you think they'd like? Well, they're both crazy about tennis. Well, how about giving them a tennis ball? <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. A tennis ball only costs 60 cents. Well, it ain't the gift. It's the thought behind it. I know what to get him. Trudy's redecorating her dining room. We'll get her something for the table, maybe. How about a nice box of toothpicks? <laughs> oh, stop clowning. Who's clowning? They're made of the finest lumber. <laughs> Look, Riley, we can get along without you. You go for your walk. We'll drop this list alone. Well, just go easy. Don't make that list too long. What are you worrying about? The big trick is to shop wisely. Uh. You'll be surprised what we can do with that Christmas club money. Yeah, I'll be surprised, all right. Gillis! Oh, Gillis! Yeah, Riley! Are you home? Yeah, I'm home in here, Riley. Oh. Oh, hi, Gillis. 
Oh, you trimming your tree, eh? Yeah, hand me some of them there belt there, will you? Where? Oh, these? Yeah, thanks. I get a big kick out of trimming a tree. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Listen, Gillis, Nothing like Christmas, you know. Yeah, sure. Look, I... Sort of get you, you know what I mean? Inside of you. You feel good. Yeah, I know. Look, I... Warm. You kind of have a glow inside. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm in a spot. Goodwill toward man. Now, that ain't no baloney. On Christmas, I really look at people different. Gillis, what I'm getting at People ain't just people anymore. They're my brothers. And I'm filled with the spirit of giving. Well, I'm glad you feel that way, you see. I feel like stopping some bum on the street. Some bum and holding out my hand and saying, Brother, take everything I got. Gillis, can you lend me a hundred dollars? I feel like it, but I don't do it. (laughs) Why encourage bums? But look, Gillis, I gotta have some dough. Get lost, will you? You're turning me down, your best friend. You just said you'd give to a bum. Well, with a bum, I got a 50-50 chance of getting it back. With you, I know I won't. <laughs> well, it's only for a couple of days. I'll be getting my Christmas bonus from the boss at the plant. Come on, uh, just 60, uh, 50 bucks, huh? Where am I going to get that kind of a dough? Two days before Christmas, I'm broke. Well, I got to get hold of some dough. Pe- Peg is home now, right now, a list of stuff to buy. Hey, didn't you? Yeah, last year you told me you joined up with a Christmas club. What happened? I didn't pay my dues, so they kicked me out of the club. Please, Gillis, just, just loan me 40 bucks. I'm begging you. Look, Riley, if there's one thing I can't stand, it's a grown man begging. Don't beg. Do what any other self-respect a married man would do. Hock something of your wife's. <laughs> Wife? Yeah, jewelry. You know, a uh, wedding ring. Oh, how much could I get on Peg's wedding ring? It only costs $5 to start with. <laughs> only $5? Yeah, that's all she paid for it. <laughs> oh, ain't she got no other jewelry? No, she ain't got... Hey, wait a minute. She, she's got an old brooch of her grandmother's. Yeah, wait anything? Well, it's supposed to be. It's a real antique. She never wears it. Oh, but what's the use of talking? If I pawn it, she'll find out. She don't have to know. You mean take it and not tell her? What? Why, that's stealing. No, nothing doing. You won't be stealing. Just bury it when she ain't looking. No, I can't do that to pay. Just for a few days. When you collect your bonus, you can redeem it and put it back. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, just for a few days. And I'm really doing it for the sake of the family. You can't call that stealing. It's really borrowing. Sure, it's just a loan, that's all. Well, sure, you might say I'm just liquidating hidden assets. I'm just transferring the collateral, kind of fiscal fiduciary. <laughs> that's right. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go steal that brooch. <laughs> Should be here somewhere. You sure she ain't wearing it? Nah, she never wears it. It's too fancy. It's somewhere in this bedroom. Better hurry up and find it. Yeah, Peg will be home soon. Did you look in this here drawer here? Well, how can I? It's locked. Dope. That's where it must be. Yeah? Well, you got the key. Well, pull on it. These locks ain't strong. No. This one is. Let me try. There. Now look what you've done. It's splintered. You can glue it back later. Look for the brooch. Uh, should be in here. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, that's it. Hey, it's got diamonds. Oh, sure. This is the real thing. That's fake. Oh, I'm so tired. I can drive. I've never seen this door so crowded. Let's get out of here. Not that way. She'll see us. Sir, the window. But, but the room, it's all a mess. They'll clean it later. Get going. Come on, open the window. I can't. It's stuck. Let me try. <laughs> Don't touch 
your tongue. You'll fix it later. What was that? Oh, it sounded like glass breaks. She hid us out the window. Come on. Hurry, hurry. Well, it sounded like it came from the bedroom. Now run for it. Why, I could have sworn I heard... Bam. <gasps> Look at this room. Oh, looks like a cyclone went through it. Well, someone smashed that window. And this drawer's been forced. Is anything missing? Oh, well, let's see. <gasps> My brooch. Oh. I kept it here. Oh, Beth, we've been robbed. It's gone. Well, that must have been the burglar we heard. Oh, why wasn't your father here? Oh, what are you going to do, Mother? I'm calling the police. <laughs> How much do you think you can lend me on it? Well, let's see now. It's a real antique. It belonged to my wife's grandmother. And the setting's old-fashioned. So is my grandmother. <laughs> it's worth around a thousand dollars, huh? Well, it's got some good stones in it. Well, it's probably worth fifteen hundred. Well, not quite. I'll give you a hundred dollars. I'll take it. Out. I better clean up the bedroom. Oh, oh, it's you, Riley. Hey. I didn't hear you come in. Riley, we were robbed. Robbed? Well, now, don't be silly. My brooch is gone. Well, maybe you misled it. Oh, no, no, it was stolen. I heard the thief. Now, Peg, believe me, we weren't robbed. Oh, Riley, use your eyes. Look at this room. Clothing all over the place, pulled out of the drawers. Yeah, uh, uh, those California moths. Uh, uh. Riley, <laughs> this is no joke. We were robbed. Well, well. Oh, that reminds me. Here's the money from the Christmas club. Oh, never mind that now. I tell you, we were robbed. and You act as if it's something that happened every day. Yeah, uh, That's right. I should do something. And, and don't you worry. I will. You leave it to me, Peg. Well, where are you going? I'll handle this. Who are you phoning? Hello? Gillis talking? Hello? Oh, it's you, Ray. Police headquarters. Don't call the police. Officer, I want to report a robbery. Since when does a crook report his own robbery? <laughs> a brooch was stolen from Chester A. Now, Riley, 1313 Clueview Terrace. I, I already called Peg, the I can't police. hear a word you're saying. Wait, I'm through phoning. But, Riley... Now, look, Sergeant. Riley, you gone for You judge. catch that crook in 24 hours. Goodbye. Riley, why don't you listen to me? I told you... Oh, yeah, just a minute, Peg, the door. Good evening. I'm Sergeant Henderson, police headquarters. What a department. They certainly moved fast ever since the shake-up. <laughs> Riley, I called the police before you got here. Oh. Mrs. Riley? Uh, yes. We believe we found your brooch. Is this it? Oh, yes. Where did you get it? The thief pawned it only an hour ago. Did you catch him? Not yet. <laughs> What's that? I said, not yet. No, but we will. The pawnbroker gave us a very good description. He did? I have a hunch it might be someone in the neighborhood. Oh, no, no, it couldn't be. This is a nice, respectable neighborhood. Well, anyway, I'd like to give you his description. Uh, you may remember seeing him around. He's about five foot ten. Five foot ten. <laughs> Riley, what are you doing on your knees? I, uh, <laughs> I'm looking for something. Blue eyes. 
How can you look for something with your eyes closed? Blonde hair. I'm looking for my hat. It's on your head. Thank heaven for that. Oh, what's the matter with you? He weighs about 170. He said his grandmother gave it to him. Never mind. I know who it is. You do? Chester Riley. Now, wait a minute, Peg. I can explain the whole thing. I don't quite understand. Riley. Well, I, I just borrowed it j- j- just for a few days. I needed the money. I, I didn't want you to find out there's no money in the Christmas club, so... Oh, no! No, I take that back! What? No. <laughs> but, but every week we all gave you money. Yeah, well, I borrowed that, too. <laughs> you borrowed that, too? Okay, Sergeant, I'll go quietly. Take me to jail. Well, if Mrs. Riley prefers charges, uh, Mrs. Riley? No. No charges. I'll handle this in my own way. (laughs) Well, in that case, uh, good night, ma'am. No, Sergeant, wait. Chester Riley, when I get through with you... Sergeant, come back. As a taxpayer, I demand that you arrest me. I'm entitled to protection. And now, back to The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley with Paula Winslow and John Brown. Craig! Babs! Oh, oh, you're eating already. Uh, I'm sorry I'm late for supper. I stopped in at that stool pigeon. I, I mean, pawnbroker, and, and redeemed the... Here's your brooch. Okay. Well, take it. Come on, thank you. I'll put it in your purse. Okay, okay. You don't have to tear my hand off. Put it in yourself. I wasn't going to take anything. Oh, might as well sit down and eat. What's for supper, eh? What are you eating there, Junior? Is that pot roast beds? You might answer me when I talk to you. Fine thing, I come into my own house and nobody says a word to me. Not even hello. I'm the head of this house and I insist that somebody say hello. Hello. That's better. (laughs) No, no, you have the wrong number. Now look here, Peg, I'm entitled to some respect. Respect? You want respect after what you did? Well, I just took the brooch. I'm not talking about the brooch. Babs and Junior trusted you. Every week they gave you their nickels and dimes. We saved it out of our allowance. Well, who gave you your allowance anyway? Mom did. Just wanted to make sure you knew. We trusted you, Daddy. And you took their money and and stole it. I didn't steal it. No? Well, what would you call it? Embezzlement? (laughs) I really meant to deposit the money. I, I just borrowed it. But I would have put it back, only... Christmas came so sudden this year. <laughs> Some Christmas. No presents. Yeah, we got a tree and nothing under it. What will people think? Well, is that all you care about? What people think? My boss will be dropping in Christmas morning to hand me my bonus check. How will it look? Well, whose fault is it? That's beside the point. We got to do something. Just don't try pawning the furniture. <laughs> oh, I'll think of something. I ain't going to have no naked tree in my house. Well, 
Oh, hi, Muley. Merry Christmas. Yeah, same to you. So long. Merry Christmas. Fine Christmas I'm having. I'd have a merrier Christmas if I was in Forest Lawn. Would you care to bet? Huh? It is I, Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. Oh, I didn't recognize you, Digger. What are you doing dressed up as Santa Claus? Oh, I do this every year. Uh-huh. I solicit contributions for the UEPJYS. UEPJYS. The Undertakers, Embalmers, and Pallbearers, Jolly Yuletide Society. <laughs> Charity, you know. Our slogan is, help a body get on its feet. (laughs) I stand on the corner here and I ring my little bell. Listen. (laughs) That's very jolly. I see you've been doing a lot of shopping. No. Oh, you mean these boxes? There's nothing in them. You got any empty boxes, Digger? No. Every box down at my place is filled. (laughs) I'm giving away a lot of gifts this year. Why do you need boxes? Oh, it's just an idea I got. I, I think I have enough. Well, I'd better get on home. Merry Christmas, Digger. The same to you and a happy new year. I wish you happiness, prosperity, and a long life. And believe me, I don't say that to everyone. <laughs> well, cheerio, I'd better be shoveling off. Riley? I'm in the living room, Peg. Well, what are you doing? Riley, what are those packages? Uh, presents for the family. Well, where did you get the money? Oh, don't to... get excited. There's nothing in them. <laughs> but they're wrapped so beautifully. I did it. I bought some paper and ribbon. If people drop in and see all these boxes, they'll think it's presents. They, they won't know it's really empty. <laughs> that's using my head, huh? And that's empty, too. <laughs> I guess it is. Only it ain't wrapped as pretty. <laughs> Riley. Oh, Mom. Hey, look at all the presents. Oh. Where'd they come from? Don't get excited, children. They're empty boxes. But they got tags with writing on them. That's right. I always say if you do a thing, do it right. This one here's from you, Peg, to me. It's supposed to be an electric blanket. The card says, To my darling husband, may this keep him as warm as my burning love for him. (laughs) Oh, brother. And this one here says, To the best daddy in the world from his loving children. Cute, eh? Well, it's just an idea. This one here is for you, Junior. Gee, that's a funny-looking package. So long and thin. It's supposed to be a baseball bat. Oh, I wanted a football. I'll make it a football. <laughs> and this here is for you, Peg. Both of them. I, I got two boxes for you. It was very generous of you. Card says, to my loving wife, a merry, merry Christmas. Well, Riley, what are you crying about? That's the way I am. I get so much joy out of giving. (laughs) What time is it, Peg? Half past eleven. You better go and eat some breakfast. I ain't hungry. Stevenson should be here by now. Maybe he's not coming this year. 
He better come. I'm counting on that bonus. Why are you all sitting there looking at me like that? It's a fine Christmas morning. Everybody's sitting around like it's my funeral. Hey, here comes your boss, Pop. That's his car. Huh? Yeah, that's it. I told you he'd show up. Now smile, will you? All of you. Remember, it's Christmas. and <laughs> Merry Christmas, boss. Merry Christmas, Riley. Come in. Come in. Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, Merry, Merry Christmas, Mr. Stevenson. My, what a beautiful tree. Look at all those beautiful packages. Say, you haven't opened them yet. Uh, well, no. <laughs> we, we, we didn't get around to it. Well, yet. what are we waiting for? Let's open them. No, no. <laughs> Come on, Riley. I love to open presents. No, don't. Please, Peg. T- t- yes, let's open them. Oh. <laughs> Here, Riley, this big one's for you. This is yours, Junior. Here's yours, Dad. Well, go on, Riley. Open Huh? Yeah, I guess that's better. Well, look at that. An electric blanket. Yeah, an electric blanket. An electric blanket? <laughs> but how did... I, I can't understand. How did... How could you win this football? You pop a handbag. Oh, thanks, Riley, Yeah, but yesterday they were empty and... Holy smoke, I never believed it, but there is a Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, Well, how else did it... Oh, Peg. Peg, you went and... Oh, Dumplin', you filled... Oh, you're sweet. <laughs> well, I've got to be running along now, folks. Goodbye. No, wait, 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 wait. What? Yes? <laughs> did, did, didn't you forget something? Well, uh, let's see. Coat, hat, gloves, cane. Oh, I've got everything. Well, no, goodbye. wait a minute. No, I, I didn't mean that. I... I meant, well, it's Christmas, you know, Christmas. <laughs> oh, 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 of course, stupid of me. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, What a cheapskate. A whole year I slave for him and he don't even give me a bonus. I was counting on the bonus. Not for myself, I, I wanted to give it all to you, Dumplin'. Just goes to show you can't depend on nobody except your family. Oh, it was it was wonderful what you'd done, Peg, surprising me like this. I don't know where you got that money to buy all... <laughs> Peg, you, you didn't... The bo- not, not, not my bonus. You, you didn't take... <laughs> Mom sure put one over on you, Pop. She got the bonus from your boss yesterday. You stole my bonus. <laughs> Embezzled my bonus? I what? You borrowed my bonus and you're welcome to it. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas dear. I'll tell you one thing, Peg. What happened this Christmas taught me a lesson. I should think so. We won't have no trouble with our Christmas fun next year. Uh, this next year, I was thinking we'll, we'll, we'll save $3 a week. Huh? Oh, hey, Bob. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, now let's shell out for the first deposit. Here's my dollar. Oh, here's my 50 cents. Here's mine. And here's my dollar. Fine. Now, first thing tomorrow, I'll go to the bank and open it. Hey, Peg. Wait, wait a minute, Peg. What are you taking that money for? I'll put it in the bank. This time, we'll keep it right here in the cream jug, where I can keep an eye on it. <laughs> Well, what's the matter with you, Peg? Don't you trust banks?
Mrs. Riley, alias William Bendix. All of us, Peg, Babs, Junior, and Digger, are happy to be with you in this warm and wonderful holiday season. You've all been good friends, all you folks everywhere. In the big cities and the little towns and the farms and the ranches all over the USA. Yes, and the boys who are all over the world tonight in uniform. We're thinking of you and hoping you'll be home soon. Our sponsors, the makers of Pabst Blue Ribbon, join us in wishing you, wherever you are, a Merry Christmas. It's a real thrill to be able to send a holiday greeting to so many people all at once. So let me say again to the friends of the Rileys and Pabst Blue Ribbon everywhere, a very Merry Christmas. Oh, it's the life of Riley when it's Pabst Blue Ribbon you drink. The finest beer served anywhere, so let the glasses clink. Oh, east or west or north or south, there's nothing like it at all. Yes, you're living the life of Riley when for Pabst Blue Ribbon you call. When for Pabst Blue Ribbon you call. Blue Ribbon invites you to join us again next week to hear The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker by arrangement with Universal International Pictures, now releasing South Sea Sinner, starring Shelley Winters and McDonald Carey. Tonight's script is by Reuben Shipp and Alan Lipscott. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. Digger O'Dell is John Brown. Babs is Barbara Eiler. Junior is Bobby Ellis. And Mr. Stevenson is Alan Reed. Consult your local paper for the correct time of the Life of Riley show on television over NBC each week. Thank you for listening. I hope you're with me next week when I'll uncover more gems from the golden age of radio. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a wonderful weekend. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.